You are listening to the Catholic Thinkers Podcast, a free treasury of instruction in the Catholic intellectual tradition. If you enjoy this lecture, please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate. This is Father James Scholl. We will now begin our discussion of political philosophy by spending a number of lectures of presentations on the ethics of Aristotle. We will begin by commenting on books one and two of the ethics. We begin with the ethics and not the politics because most of the phrases that we need to know later on for political philosophy are in fact originally found in the ethics although they will come up again in Aristotle's politics and rhetoric. Here we want to begin with his book on the ethics, because that book is a very careful book, and it's a book which begins with the nature of the individual human being, what goes on inside of him, and what his relation, in a sense, to himself and others is about. The first thing that we need to realize is that the Ethics of Aristotle is a book which is a whole. That is to say, each chapter of the ten chapters he has, each chapter is about a specific aspect of what human life in this world is about. It is about happiness, he says, which he calls the end of human life, and it is the activity that stands behind all of our activities. So Aristotle would say that everything we do is we do that in order to be happy. Reading the ethics is one of the great uh, adventures of the mind. So we want you to read the first two chapters of it. The text I usually use is that of the Hackett edition. You will probably not find it easy to, at first, to read this, or it's not so easy even for the 20th time. That is not Aristotle's problem. He, in fact, is remarkably clear once you get on to reading him. There is a chapter of the ethics in my book called At the Limits of Political Philosophy, in which we will talk about later. Henry Beach has a very useful book, which is called simply The Rational Man, and it is a very good book to read to understand the overall impact and overall order of the ethics. As you read the ethics, notice the number of times that reference to the politics is made in the ethics. From the very beginning, it talks about politics. Actually, Aristotle's ethics and politics are really one book uh, put together with the economics which is basically book one of the politics. I choose to read the ethics rather than the p- 
politics in this beginning because it is, as I mentioned, the real beginning of almost every uh, humanistic study, including politics. Miss this, and you will miss the very language of the intellectual tradition. I do a course sometimes, maybe we'll do a program on the politics, or we can read that book with more care. Nothing in Aristotle is not great. If you do not notice it, it is not Aristotle's problem. It is something you need to go back and look at again and again. Even where Aristotle might seem to be in error, he, as his mentor Plato, is always very near to the truth. He needs to be read very carefully to notice what he actually says. Thomas Aquinas, later in the 13th century, will very often notice this closeness and especially to how Aristotle understood things. Before we presume to disagree with anyone, it is a good idea to be sure we know what they are saying. Thomas will teach that we should know error better than the one who proposes it. Again, the ethics is originally written in Greek. At the, in the Hackett edition, there is a glossary which is very helpful. There are many translations of Aristotle into almost any language. All of his work is found online, so you, would, you can find the ethics online. So there is no excuse not to have the text. If for some reason you do not have a text of Aristotle or Aristotle or on Aristotle, find something. There is, uh, usually in a library, you can find the book that you need. If you do not put your mind to anything, you will learn nothing. This is sort of my first principle. I will want the student to know the subject matter of each of the 10 books of Aristotle. In other words, see the order of the books as they go along. You are not just reading a book when you read Aristotle you are reflecting on your own experience, such as it is. Aristotle notes that from the very beginning that the young Locke experienced of many things. You will see that when you begin to read it. This includes the normal reader. The books of Aristotle's, of Aristotle's ethics, politics, and rhetoric and poetics are devoted to what he calls um, the human motion, to things that exist in the world as a result of some human action or presence. 
minus human beings, minus these things in the world. They are also called the practical sciences. That is, what goes into making and doing as opposed to the theoretical or speculative sciences which concern themselves with things that cannot be otherwise. So the practical sciences deal with things that can be otherwise. The theoretical sciences deal with those that cannot be otherwise. And therefore, that is how you know them. The things of practical science can always be otherwise then. That is, you matriculate at some university. You were free to go to some other university or wherever you wanted or to stay at home. Some things need not to be the way they are until they have been chosen to make them the way that they are. So you are where you are and not someplace else because you decided to be there. Book 10 of the Ethics, the last book, will be a review and an analysis of what was said in the first nine books. It will also serve as a transition, uh, transition to the economics and the politics. And therefore, the subject matter of these three books is different from other books in Aristotle and from each other. The ethics deals with the question of our <clears throat> ruling ourselves as individuals. The economics deals with the rule of ourselves in the family. And the politics deals with the rule of others in the polity. But remember that the same persons are ruled in each case in different contexts. You do not cease ruling yourself in the family or the polity once you enter or leave them at an appropriate time. All the books that we use uh, as we consider these things will refer in one way or another to everything else except in the reverse direction. That is, Aristotle did not read Nietzsche, but Nietzsche did read Aristotle. The secondary books in this class, the ones that are written by more modern authors, are all written, uh, hopefully, by insightful writers who reflect on what might be called the classical sources. Sometimes there will be markings that you have to get used to when you read the book in, in Aristotle, but you can be used to that. Book one of the ethics is the discussion of the end of human action. Why do we do all that we do? Aristotle is very observant 
he understands human beings and human being in its basic character. Generally, what he says applies to every uh, culture and person or society that has ever existed or every person. He observes and classifies. That is what we read, his observance and classification. Ethics is what we do, not a book about what we do. The book we have thus is, is that. It is a book. It is intended to help us see, identify, and correct what goes on in ourselves, which we recognize by self-reflection. Basically, Aristotle always begins by telling us that all actions that we do, we do for a purpose or an end. That is, if you do not intend to go to to come to, say, a, a class or you don't intend to go to a store, you will remain at home. But ultimately, you do everything you do for some final end or purpose that conditions all that you do. This word in Greek is eudaimonia. Basically, uh, you have a happy spirit it means everything we do is that we be happy. Even reading Aristotle, difficult as that may be to comprehend sometimes. But Aristotle also says that there are some preliminary things to consider. The first is the that politics is the highest of the practical sciences. We'll see that quite a bit. But not the highest science as such, which is metaphysic. The problem of revelation arises at this point also, as we'll see later on. We will see more of this in books 6 and 10. This is where Aristotle mentions the Young and Politics in Book One. He also notes that the ethical and political sciences, the word here means ordered knowledge, science means ordered knowledge of these things in their own order. Human beings are not mathematical formula or toads. They are reasonable beings. So they cannot be expected to give such science, such political science, cannot be expected to give more certitude than the subject matter of the discipline, the things that can or could be otherwise, can yield. So if a thing can always be otherwise, since it can be otherwise, it's not you're not quite certain which way it's going to go one way or the other one, so you can't be as certain as you would with the one that was determined. This is a pertinent observation, as most modern political science has tried to model itself 
on the physical sciences as if that were normative for its methodology. It isn't. But this does not mean that there is no order or procedure in ethics and politics. There is, and there is what, and that is what Aristotle is about. This contributes much to the problem of what will be called the differences between classical, medieval, and modern political philosophy. Incidentally, I tend to call this a political philosophy course, not a political theory or political science program. What Aristotle next does is to look around and ask, what is it that causes folks to do what they do as a final end? In other words, there seem to be different conceptions of what we mean by happiness. He is looking at what people do, not what they say they do. His conclusion is that there are four basic motivations or definitions that cause this or that person to do what he does. Here you have to use your powers of observation on yourself and others. And generally, Aristotle maintains, there are four basic definitions or motives uh, that you can find in people. Wealth, pleasure, honor, and what the Hackett translation calls study. But it is better understood by the Latin derivation contemplation. Remember, we get most of our Greek words through Latin, though in politics we also retain the Greek words. Politics itself is a Greek word. Civility is a Latin word. Democracy is a Greek word. Republic is a Latin word. What does all this mean? It simply means that all one's free and chosen moral actions in, the, in the, each of us has a first, final end or a first end that influences all that we do. Thus say, if your end is wealth, you will choose a college uh, to attend, a wife to marry, a job to pursue, in order that you might be wealthy because you think that is the end of your life implicitly. You might also choose honor or political power as the highest good. The Romans were like this, as we will see in the Bloom book, and in a way in Cicero. No higher or contemplative end is envisioned, something Aristotle will in fact do, he will envision a higher end. This may be the main difference between the Greeks and the Romans, both of whom are fascinating and who have given us 
an enormous literature that is still the basis of any worthy education, though too few people know it. That reminds me of another Shaw principle. Don't major in current events, so don't only study current events. The reason why is why not to do so is found in book one of the ethics, namely there are more important things than simply current events. One might choose pleasure as our end. We have probably met people who do this. Aristotle will have a lot of wonderful things to say about pleasure, a great part of our reality. A good book on this subject is Leon Cass's book called The Hungry Soul, or Walter Kerr's book called The Decline of Pleasure, and my own new book called Reasonable Pleasure. Basically, Aristotle will say that all these definitions of happiness have something to be said for them. No one makes a total error. On the other hand, honor has to be given by someone else. Wealth is not itself happiness. You cannot eat money. Pleasure depends on the activity in which it exists, and its goodness or badness depends on that. This leaves contemplation. That is, we look to our highest faculty, that which distinguishes us from other beings. This is our faculty of knowing or mind. We ultimately are made to know the truth of things, including the truth of our own deeds and actions. There is, in fact, as Aristotle will often say, a pleasure in simply knowing. That is where Aristotle begins to talk of things for their own sakes. We do not want to know only in order to make a shoe, though uh, that is a craft and something worth doing, worth knowing how to make. We want to know simply to know, as Aristotle says. But basically, that there are four possible definitions of happiness, wealth, pleasure, honor, and contemplation, is what we must distinguish. All have a point to them, and many follow one or the other in all they do. That is the end or reason of their going to college, say, or to the shore, or to Paris, or wherever. Aristotle sorts this out, giving its due to what is due. At the end of the book one, he says that happiness is the activity of the virtues. Thus, book two is a general survey of what a virtue is and the different kinds that we pay attention to in the ethic. That is, human virtues 
the rule of ourselves over ourselves and those things within ourselves over which we should have some rule, more or less at the right time, at the right place, and the right circumstances. This phrase will come up in various ways in Aristotle, so look for it. So the rule of ourselves over ourselves in those things within ourselves, which we should have some rule, more or less, at the right time, at the right place. The virtues are habits. A good habit is a virtue. A bad habit is a vice. Each virtue lies as a mean between two extremes. So virtus stat in medio. It stands in the middle of two things. A too much and a too little. Right time, right place, right circumstances. The object of a virtue means that in you there is a by nature possibility of ruling. You do not give yourselves the power to think or taste or to be frightened. Fear is a natural constituent of what it is to be a man. If you have no fear or pleasures, you are not a human being, not a man. The word man, intellectual, is an intellectual abstraction. It means every human being in every form uh, that which is to be uh, this kind of a thing, a human thing. Aristotle first establishes in Book 2 the meaning of virtue in general and then, and then the mean. And then he indicates briefly each of the virtues and their objects that he will discuss in the following books. He is a great teacher in this sense. He tells you what he is talking about. He gives you an example. He repeats, summarizes. He is not asking you to read his book. He is telling you to look within yourselves at what you do and organize the matter so that you understand yourself. The four classical cardinal or moral virtues, as opposed to the three intellectual virtues, are prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude, the four you should know. Each of them has a proper object that needs to be ruled. To be ruled means to put the stamp of your own mind on what you do and or, or you are about to do. That means you are not absolutely ruled by your own fears or pleasures, say, but you rule them and thus put them in the right place with regard to the end, which is book one. You had heard the, uh, the notion of self-discipline or self-rule. What Aristotle and Plato teach is that all rule begins with self-rule. 
if you do not rule yourself, there are things if in you that need to be ruled by you. So if you do not rule yourself, you cannot rule others, either in the family, in the palace, or the world. It is from this within to go out mood, contrary to much modern thought, which would maintain that you are victims of uh, something outside of yourselves so that you have no responsibility or self-rule. Someone else is to blame for your problems. This may sometimes be true, but that is what justice is about. Aristotle and Plato do not think that we are not affected by what happens outside of us, but they do not think that we need or should be ruled by it. This is what the ethics of the book is about. This is part of the struggle between the ancients and the moderns, as it is called. The one between whether we should rule ourselves or whether we are ruled by something outside of us. So this is the end of the second book. However, in the second book, you will notice that there is a short list or account of all of the other virtues, or the four major virtues, which each one are taken up in, in detail later on, so that each one is taken up in detail. So that you have justice and fortitude and temperance and uh, prudence, and then of the one called liberality, the rule of your wealth, the rule of your tongue, the, talking of the truth, the rule of your wit, the rule of your um, social graces. These are all things over which you have some control. And Aristotle goes through them, and it's an important thing to go through them at the end of book two, where he identifies each one. So remember, in each case, there is something in us that is given, say our fears, our pleasures, our wit, or our speech. All of these are given to us by nature. But they can be otherwise. They can be used for a good purpose or a bad purpose. So ethics is designed to teach us to rule ourselves reasonably, to rule those our fears, to rule our pleasures, to rule our uh, relation to others in such a fashion that we are uh, fair and unjust to them and to ourselves. So that Aristotle begins then the first two books with these ideas. Uh, the uh, end of our activities is happiness, and he begins to teach the question of the virtue, that all virtues stand in the middle. Virtues are habits, and habits are acquired by the repetition of the acts of the habits such that we can do them easily and freely and therefore not have to think about them all the time. And that finally he goes through and lists each of the different kinds of virtues that we are responsible for, for which we can be praised or blamed the end of the second book. We hope you enjoyed listening to Catholic Thinkers. Please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate to help us keep this content free.